Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 305 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am your host, Jim, and I'm going to be going through Uno, a book tonight. I'm going to be talking about Deceased Hope at World's End, Chapter 6, and that's it. We're going to do that. Get out of here. No fuss, no muss. Kind of a classic type of spotlight where we usually did just focus on one and maybe two books. I think that this spotlight show will probably end up being one book from now on. And why is that? It's because because I'm a busy man. That's why. And actually, I think I'm going to be doing a couple other shows that I have in mind. Over on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash weird science. If you wanted to get more shows, you go over there, including the Patreon only DC Comics Spotlight. Me and Eric did earlier today. We ended up talking about Red Hood and the Outlaws number 47 and DC's Cybernetic Summer number one, an episode that was almost two hours long. We only got into talking about some other things other than comics. We were talking a little wrestling, some movies and things like that. But about an hour and 20 minutes of it were those two books. But, yeah, we we had a lot of fun and then just kind of hung out and talked. So if you wanted to see or hear that, go over to patreon.com slash weird science and you'd get a bunch of other shows as well. I have a Detective Comics before Batman Podcast where I talk about the issues of Detective Comics before Batman showed up in number 27. Uh, I have a Best Worst Books podcast where I talk about really, really awful books. I had talked about the Neil Adams Batman Odyssey, which I'm going to get back to in August. Took a little break from that to talk about what is probably the worst comic I've ever read Marvel, the Marvel book that was done by Bill Jemis. And is just completely awful to a point where you cannot believe how bad it is. It it can't even be true. I mean, say it ain't so. Have that end up having a cartoon show. I'm going to be talking about the Wildcats cartoon. I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. And also a Back Issues podcast that I'll be recording tonight that actually will feature the issue Robin number 46 from 1997, an issue that's called Dark at Dawn. And one that Wizard Magazine said it was the 86th best single issue of a comic ever written. So I'm going to be doing that. I'm looking forward to that. But yes, there's a bunch of other shows over on the Patreon. But we're here on the regular feed. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Deceased Hope at World's End, a book that I'm really enjoying. And if you listened to the last time I talked about it a couple weeks ago, I ended up giving Chapter 5, a perfect score. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I stick by that score. I will tell you, this one is not going to get a 10 out of 10. It's not that I don't like it. It's just not a 10 out of 10. And everything can't be a 10 out of 10, right? We can't give out 10 out of 10s like we're giving out Halloween candy. You know, you don't put it on the porch and say, please only take one. And then they take the whole bowl like my kids do because they're jerks and I have not taught them well. I ended up this past Halloween, my kids end up coming back and they tons of candy. And I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? Because we, we do have a, a busy neighborhood and things like that. But over the years, it has been, you know, a little bit dry with the Halloween candy. Not everybody's giving it out, things like that. I'm like, you guys weren't out that long. And that's the other thing. And they're like, oh, no, no, we, we, we ended up going to a lot of houses. I'm like, 
you were out there for like 15 minutes. How do you have two bags of candy? And then I realized uh, that they just were pouring whole bowls of candy into their bags. And that is bull pucky, as they say. And I was going to make them take it back. And then I'm like, how are they going to do that? Plus, I'd have to watch them. And I'm a lazy man. So, so this is why they do awful things. My laziness. I realize this. And right now, I'm down in the Black Mold Studios here at the Weird Science Tower. And I can't breathe. And when I end up getting done this, I go upstairs. Hey, everybody, what's going on? You want to have dinner? And they all, you smell like the basement. I'm like, you're going to smell like kids outside looking for somewhere to live. It's what you're going to start smelling. I don't know what that smells like, but we're going to find out pretty quickly, right? Yes, I don't know what's going on. See, when we only have one book, this is the sort of thing that happens. Things go off the rails. But before we do go, I forgot to even tell you where you can find us. Besides the Patreon, you can go over to Twitter at W Weird Science DC. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's too many shows going on. There's too many shows in my life. I don't even know what's going on here. We also have a website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can go and read all of the reviews each week. I did not do a review for this deceased book, so this is going to be fresh. You're going to have to listen to this to find out what I think about it. Uh, but yeah, there's that And we also have a YouTube channel Where as I see happening You can go and yell at me That's what happens there Everybody with their, their opinions I mean really It's not just opinions I, I end up where I go and I start doing video reviews Over on YouTube right? And it's a new game for me I'm not a veteran of that sort of thing I've talked about comics a lot I have written reviews. I almost have 3,000 written reviews done, and I'm actually very proud of that. But I go over to YouTube, so I'm you know, the new kid on the block. I'm probably like Donnie Wahlberg. I, I would like to be the bad guy, you know, Donnie Wahlberg. And I don't want to be that Joe McIntyre, that little kid, because I was a little kid all my life, and I don't want to sing, please don't go, girl, you know, that stuff. That, yeah, and I don't know how I know this because I know nothing about the new kids on the block, even though my mom, that was their favorite group. But you have all this going on. I go over to the YouTube and I'm hanging there. I'm making the videos. I think, okay, I'm doing my honest deal like I try to. I don't want to fake the funk. I'm just going to give you the score. We're going to go through it. I'm going to discuss it. Let's have a couple laughs. And boy, people just attack me. And they attack me for weird things. Like I'm not used to going somewhere like this and giving something an 8 out of 10 and being called negative. It's a weird thing, right? Uh, negative. I'm like, oh, this is a different landscape, isn't it? <laughs> it's very odd around here. But you can go over there to Weird Science Comics. It's what the channel's called. And you can, you know, yell at me. You can throw shade. Throw shade all you want. I'd like it. It's pretty hot out. I could use some shade. Uh, but I'm going to go take a, a little bit of a breather. And then I will be back with Deceased Hope at World's End. Chapter 6. Hey everybody, let me tell you what you should go and do. You should go over to audible.com slash the Sandman to listen to the new Audible original, The Sandman, based on the best-selling DC graphic novels written by Neil Gaiman. The audio drama is adapted and directed by Dirk Maggs. The Sandman was hailed by the Los Angeles Times Magazine as the greatest epic in the history of comic books. It is pretty damn good. I mean, it really, really is. And this Audible audio adaptation has been decades in the making, starring James McAvoy, who most comic fans will know in the role of Professor X. He is in the title role here. 
uh, Morpheus, the Dream Lord, as he's pulled from the Dream Realm and imprisoned on Earth. When he finally escapes, he must restore his power to rebuild his dominion. And that's just the start. The audio adaptation features a powerhouse ensemble cast, including Riz Ahmed, Kat Dennings, Michael Sheen, and more. And in your wildest dreams, you've never heard anything like this, but you can now. And you could do that by going to audible.com slash the Sandman. You can go right now. Listen now. It's only available on Audible. It's really good. Check it out. And now back to the show. All right. And here we are with Deceased Hope at World's End Chapter 6, written by Tom Taylor, art by Renato Guedes, colors by Rex Locus, and letters by Seda Temafonte. And if you're wondering why I might seem all scattered tonight, it's because I continue to not be able to get my medicine for my ADHD. I'm all over the place. But add to that that I've had about nine 32-ounce coffees in about the last hour and a half. I've I've gone to town. And I don't think I'm going to get to sleep tonight, but I have a lot of stuff to do, so that's fine. But still, you end up with this book. We're back to the book, by the way. We're, we're going to do this book here. You can't be a nonconformist if you don't drink coffee. See, I guess I'm a nonconformist. Well, we have this chapter six here in a series that I've enjoyed. Now, we end up starting out with what seemingly was a couple one shots. You, you get a flash story. We're going to get... And then the last chapter, starting to put things together, you end up having a Damian Wayne, Cassie Sands, Mark, John Kent issue that made me cry. And that's why I loved it. I, I thought that that last chapter was great. It actually reminded me again of why and how I love Tom Taylor. You don't necessarily have to kill all your characters in every issue of every book. And he didn't, even in an injustice. You didn't have people just a lot of people died. Now, don't get me wrong, but it was set up and it was set up by character work that then made you feel when those things happen. When you end up, if you have read, I'm not going to spoil anything, even though it's years ago. Uh, if you were reading Injustice and you were like, oh, my God, this is the best Oliver Queen. I've Oh, no. You know, and had things like that. Hardly. I think that Tom Taylor writes excellent. So I, I do like that. But even so. It reminded me, okay, this is why I like Tom Taylor, because he can get emotion out of my cold, dead heart. And that's not easy to do. Ask my wife and kids. And I gave it a perfect, this is not a perfect score here. This is not going to get a 10 out of 10. And the reason I think, and the reason why I think that this is unfortunately a little bit down from the last issue is not because it's not big in scope it's not because it's not well written it's just that you're not gonna get the same emotions at least out of me with wink and airy that you're gonna get with you know superboy damian wayne tally all those you know characters that i've been invested in for years you end up having wink and airy if you're not aware and especially if you're not aware that they are from tom taylor and bruno redundo's Suicide Squad book, then you're really not going to care that much, I think. But he's trying. He's trying and he's setting up. And it just, when things in a Tom Taylor book happen where something bad's going on and there's two lovers, like a Wink and Nary, and they have to separate. And one says, Well, I don't know if we should separate because that could mean tr- there's trouble. <laughs> we know this. This is how things work. With Tom Taylor, yes, it is a bit formula, formulaic, formulaic, Whew. 
But yeah, it's something that does happen. And you kind of see. Now, he's been trying, I think, to kind of get people off the scent a little, where he'll switch things up. But I feel like old Wink is is going to have some problems. Well, Wink sets up some problems herself here because you end up in the Jointenheim whole deal where they have the fortress there where Wink and Aerie went to. You know, you have Manicore there again. Who are you going to care more about, Manicore or John Kent? Really? So, but it's cool. And you even have at one point where Wink has some good lines. Wink is the star of this issue. She has a lot of cool lines. She's the one doing some sacrifices. She has a plan that doesn't go great, but at least she has a plan. And all this stuff going on because, yeah, Black Adam and his anti-life army are fast approaching. They are going to just go through. And they are in an impenetrable fortress, but it's impenetrable, maybe not so much against a Black Adam. Maybe the other characters, though, we find out that's not true either. And there's a lot of trouble coming the Joytenheim's way. So they figure, what can we do? Where can we go? The whole world's done. Oh, my God, the stinks. And so what they end up realizing, well, if we could get the Themyscira, if we can maybe get the Amazons, Wonder Woman, this would be awesome. But we don't know where Themyscira is. We've, we've narrowed it down to the Aegean Sea, and that is not narrowing it down. you got thousands upon thousands of islands in the Aegean Sea, and, and it may not even be one of those because the idea where y- you can't see it, it's kind of invisible and that spells trouble. Uh, well, when you go, and if you're not aware, Airy fly, he can fly, but they have to do this fast. They have to get this done. Airy wants Wink to go with him. Come on, let's go. We'll do this together. And she says, I can't. You fly. You're going to have to fly too fast, too high. Uh, you're going to be like Icarus, for crying out loud. I can't go. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to fight with the rest of them here in Jointenheim. But just, you know, you go, you go quick kind of realizes that he may not make it. Well, you end up where they're getting everybody in the Jointenheim fortress. You know, how are we going to set this up? Okay, everybody who can hold a gun, anybody can point a gun and pull a trigger. You're with us. Everybody, we have this huge deal coming. Just shoot anything that looks like it's anti-life. Unfortunately, if I was there, they'd probably shoot at me. I'm not looking great nowadays, but... You end up where, okay, let's get going. We're going to do this. And Wink ends up having a plan. She has a plan. And I I knew what she was getting at. The problem is, and I know her power. She can teleport. She can grab onto somebody and teleport them. And for some reason, I was thinking, like, more power than she actually has. Like, I'm thinking, like, you send him to the moon. You know, send them to hell. Like, if this was Raven, she could send it, but it's not. She Wink can just kind of teleport here to there. Uh, you know, it's an interesting power. It is very useful in the Suicide Squad. Not that useful to, say, a Black Adam, you know, because she ends up, you know, winking onto his back and then winking away. And she has a good idea what she ends up doing is she then teleports through the mountain. I, I wish she didn't teleport through this mountain, the, the mountain that Joytenheim's, uh, because that causes trouble. Maybe she could have teleported to another mountain or, or into the... Because what she does is, she ta- and lets Black Adam go halfway. 
So in my mind, the, the weird thing about this is, is the idea, this is something where it reminds me of Kitty Pride. It really does, where she will phase and she'll phase through a, a floor with a guy and she'll get him halfway. And now he isn't just like, oh, my God, I'm stuck between floors. No, you're fused to the, you know, you're fused to things. She has done some stuff recently before she died. R.I.P. Uh, the idea where she's fusing guns in the guy's legs and she was getting really, really dark with it. That's what I thought happened here, because if, if you end up going and teleporting i would think that you'd fuse into the mountain you'd kind of become one with the mountain and it doesn't work out that way it seems more like okay black adam's just in the mountain and he's gonna bust out which causes more trouble than it was worth while this is going on though you end up having airy who goes to the aegean sea gets her pretty quick right and then he starts talking to the seagulls because that is one of his powers. One of his powers that when the first Suicide Squad issue, when Tom Taylor took over that for his run, me and Eric laughed at that power. <laughs> we laughed at talking to the birds, you know, and it comes in handy. But I feel a little vindicated because you end up getting Ari thinking, yeah, you know, he thought that that power was bull crap, And yes, it is. Uh, but it helps because, hey. The idea, and they're playing semantics here. We're playing small print. Human eyes can't see Themyscira, but that don't mean the seagulls can't. They're human, so they can see it. Well, while this is going on, it's good anyway because Wonder Woman shows up. She shows up here. Can I help you? And he's like, well, actually, you can. And there's one of those things with this, and I don't know if anybody else is having not a problem but kind of something, a, a feeling, you know, can you, can you spare me a feeling? Can you, uh, the idea that Wonder Woman in this, obviously she's okay here, but we end up in the other books. She's not, she's here, she's there, she's infected, she's killing everyone. And it's starting to not confuse me, but it's starting to be like, okay, can we deal with somebody? Uh, because we know she's going to go bad and, we, we keep dealing with her each way. All right. So you end up with her showing up. Can I help you? And he's like, oh, I hope so. We got to try to get back to this joint in Heim where they are being attacked by Black Adam and this army. Well, the, the anti-life army is coming up to this fortress. And normally they would not be able to get through. But the anti-life has Eve Eden. And this is trouble. This is very big trouble. This allows the anti-life army to travel very quickly, go through portals, but also they can go through a portal to get in the Jotunheim. This is a big, big deal, something that the characters, Manacor and, you know, Airy, Wink, they wouldn't have known this. And this really changes things. This makes it so that your fortress means nothing. And they're really counting on that. They're counting on the idea we're going to have to fight maybe Black Adam, but at least those others, they're kept out. Well, they're not. So when they go through the portal, they, they attack and they attack quickly. And it is a surprise. Man, of course, seems to just get slashed up. Everybody is fighting here. There's a lot of characters that are in trouble. And then right at that moment, you end up having Black Adam crack through the mountain. He cracks it open and comes out. There is lightning going everywhere. He comes out. And with that, the whole fortress starts 
to collapse. It starts to fall over everybody and it's going to die. I mean, it's just going to smash to the ground. But Wonder Woman comes. Wonder Woman actually comes and stops that. She ends up being able to save it. She ends up holding it there. Uh, the problem is, is that's when Black Adam comes out and is just ready to go to town on Wonder Woman. And that spells big time trouble. Again, though, are we going to sit there and say, oh, my God, Wonder Woman, please. Yeah, We know that she eventually gets him fed. We've seen it. We've seen the awfulness of anti-life Wonder Woman. So it's not something that would shock anybody or anything with that. So it, it kind of is because of what we know, uh, more of a lackluster, not lackluster cliffhanger, but a cliffhanger like, all right, well, let's see what this is going to do. And we go. Uh, I still think, though, that everybody, you know, you can hold Joytenheim up all you want. There, There is anti-life people in there by you know, hordes and hordes of them. Uh, attacking everyone so you can only guess that they're gonna have at least wink and i think that that's gonna be the deal airy will come back wink will end up winking on him i think that seeing what she did to black adam obviously did not stop him i think this is the whole idea of let's set this up so everybody remembers her powers and knows that she can wink onto somebody who's flying because i think that she's gonna end up taking airy down with her so we shall see if that's the case if i'm right we'll see but the art was good in this i some of the faces looked a little off and and in fact they looked a little too realistic to me they they actually looked and also like why the long face <laughs> you know that's that's shade i think ah, yes. all right diamond dave like that but other than i i like it in general i like this book i enjoy it it's not something that is necessary i guess we already have the seastead planet going so this is going to continue for a while obviously you're not going to need this but i do like these side stories i do like seeing how the survivors how everything went down before they ended up leaving Earth, and I'm enjoying seeing some other characters, just like Wink and Airy. I, I do like seeing the Manicor. I mean, I didn't think he was going to show him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give it an 8. An 8 out of 10. I could be, I always say this, like, I can be convinced. Well, I actually, if I'm going to be convinced of anything, I could be convinced to go down to a 7.5. I'm going to be a little more positive, though, because I do enjoy the overall story. But... After that great fifth chapter, this is a little bit of a downswing. It's kind of just the characters and things. So we'll see how it goes. But that's it. That's the whole kit and caboodle. This is a quick one. You can listen to this, uh, you know, while you're having your, your snacks. If you're, you're working right now, lucky you. And you can listen to this in your lunch break or something like that. But thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you go and check out the deceased book. It's really good. And if you haven't read Injustice, please go and read that. That now that's good. And I do think I keep telling people as we, you know, end a decade, you know, I think that the deceased book was one of not deceased. The Injustice book was one of the best books of the last 10 years. I really do. I really liked it. And especially for a book that was pretty much a tie into a video game and a digital title. It was awesome. I loved it. I want to go back and read that now. But yeah, thanks. I'm going to go off now, do some other things, and I will talk to you later.